What happens after a police officer shoots someone who's unarmed? For decades in California, internal affairs investigations, how the police police themselves, were secret. Until now. Listen to On Our Watch, a podcast from NPR and KQED. Happy Friday, everyone, from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Christina Lee. Hey, Christina. Hey, Robin. It's New Music Friday, that day of the week when most new albums and EPs come out. We comb through a great big pile of releases and find the ones that we think you should hear now. On this episode, we're looking at the best new music out on June 18th, starting with the rapper Goldlink. His new one is called Haram. This is the rapper Goldlink. His new one is called Haram. The song we're hearing from it is called Terror Dome. This is his third studio album, and he only announced it. It was coming about a week or so ago. And when he did, he described the first single, White Walls, as destructive. He said, it's wrong. It sounds crazy. And Christina, I thought that was a pretty good summation of the whole album. So the thing about Goldlink is that previously his form of rebellion, if you would, was to basically just get people on the dance floor. You know, yeah. he was inspired by 90s R&B and Go-Go. And there was like a certain lightness to the music, even though the subject matter might have had some darker overtones. This time around, apparently he was inspired by the likes of Prince and Metallica. But either way, like you said, Robin, like completely destructive and an, a lyrical motif that shows up throughout is that he's breaking the rules this time around. Well, I found so much of it to be really unnerving and kind of unsettling. You know, it's very dark and menacing. And there's these bouts of what I would call mania. You know, even like like the name of that single, White Walls, it sounds like an insane asylum or something. You know, the cut we played is called Terror Dome. And uh, there's another one called Wayne Perry. And Wayne Perry was a convicted murderer in D.C. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's probably the most menacing way that he's repping for the DMV, right? Yeah. But then I was surprised by some of the sudden tonal shifts. And you, you talked about he in the past, he just wanted to get people on the dance floor. There's a track on this record called Avion that I want to play a bit of. Which is essentially, I don't know, techno with that four on the floor dance beat. I mean, what's remained true about Goldlink is that he's always had these really interesting way of 
incorporating all these seemingly disparate influences. So in addition to always repping for the DMV, I feel like, yeah, there's a little bit of four on the floor on there. And then elsewhere on the album, he's looking to emerging voices in London Drill. It seems like it's all over the place. But with Gold Link being the center of gravity, you get the sense that at least you're entering his world, as so to speak. Gold Link is the artist. His new one is called Haram. Okay, another big album out today is a new one from the singer known as Her. It's called Back of My Mind. This song is the opening track called We Made It. This is Her, the singer Her. The album is Back of My Mind. Again, the song we're hearing is called We Made It. And before we talk more about the record, I want to just scooch ahead here to hear where this song goes. <laughs> Christina, this is another album that was just announced last week. It's her first since 2019's I Used to Know Her. And so much has happened these past couple of years for her since then. I mean, she's gone ahead and won a couple Grammys. Uh, she's won her first Academy Award. And it's interesting how in that song in particular, just before that guitar solo, she's talking. she's addressing the naysayers, essentially. She's talking about how they said wouldn't come up with the family and cop a couple Grammys, which feels impossible to fathom even right now. Yeah. And that Oscar she got was for Fight For You, the song Fight For You from Jude and the Black Messiah. She also had this incredible performance with Chris Stapleton at the CMT Awards. But one of the things that struck me in that performance is how much the audience, which you assume is mostly filled with country music fans, how much they loved her and embraced her, which really speaks to how broad her appeal is, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she's been cultivating that same appeal since the last time we heard a full length from her, which is I used to know her. I think in the beginning of her career, even back when she was a faceless singer, let's say, she was mostly known for throwback R&B. And then as she continued to show her face, if you will, uh, she would then garner comparisons to Lauryn Hill. Yeah. But the last time we heard from her, you saw her start to expand her sound to where it wasn't just straightforward R&B. It got a little bit folksier. There was even a like a pop rock moment. And so I think all this feels very intentional. It seems like this is all part of a, a grand master plan to garner as many fans from across genre lines as possible. And, and reach out to broader audiences too, right? As sort of bridge building. 
I think one of the reasons her music works so well is is also that you can just tell it's real. You know, like she calls this new album a, a peek into her soul. And I think you really feel it. It's genuine. You know, she's not belting out songs that were written for her in a lab for maximum appeal or something. You know, th- these come from a very honest place. And I think that matters to people. I think that's been part of her core appeal since the beginning, which is why I think she didn't want to show her face in the first place. It was because she didn't want to divert attention from these very vulnerable place from which she was singing. But now, even as she continues to show her face and maybe wear some tinted sunglasses instead of going for like the all black, Mm -hmm. uh, you see her maintain that same sort of appeal where people feel like they're peering into her soul. We should say something about the the features on this new record, too. Yeah. In addition to featuring Chris Brown, which is someone she's toured with in the past and I think will continue to tour with, the features really run the gamut on this particular album. We've got Ty Dolla Sign, Little Baby, Kay Trinata, Thundercat, YG. I think it's additional proof of her expanded reach, and I'm really curious to see how folks will perceive it. Her is the artist. Her new album is called Back of My Mind. And Christina, we've got one more album that we're going to talk about in the second half of the show. It's the new one from Mickey Blanco. But first, I want to play another album we're loving that's out now on June 18th. It's from a new compilation called Dark Knight's Death Metal. This is Chelsea Wolfe and the song Diana. My God, this song absolutely slays. It slays. <laughs> All right, Robin, calm down. Lars Gottrich from NPR Music here to talk about this one. The song Diana from Chelsea Wolf. She's just one of the artists that appears on this compilation, Dark Knight's Death Metal. It is such a cool compilation, too, because it's designed to be a soundtrack to accompany a comic book, not a film, but a printed comic book. All right, you're ready to go down a rabbit hole? Do it. Dark Knight's Metal is a comic book series that first started in 2017 as a team up between the writer Scott Snyder and the artist Greg Capullo. But the extremely basic premise of Dark Knight's Metal is that there are many universes in the DC Comics world and that Batman stumbled upon a dark multiverse where his deepest fears come true. There's an 11-hour explainer video of this on YouTube. Uh, if 11, you're ever 11 hours? <laughs> Comics will literally ruin your life, Robin. <laughs> I'm so glad I never got got into them beyond my childhood. It's really great myth building, and Scott Snyder has really proven himself to be someone who can take on 
an, an enormous idea and really make all the different parts really matter and sing and really re-examine what these characters that we thought we knew really reveals new shades that we've never really thought of before. Well, this whole record, I was so impressed with it. it is It is so massive. It's just as loud and fast and distorted as you'd expect. You know, there's Mastodon and Show Me the Body, but there's also the rapper Denzel Curry and Manchester Orchestra. And then there's this one cut from Soccer Mommy called Kissing in the Rain. So there's a great range to the record too. It's not just a bunch of screaming or whatever you'd expect in a name like death metal. I mean, that's what I'm hoping for, but I do appreciate <laughs> that they extend the universe a little bit. Ultimately, this comic book series is about facing your darkest dreams and desires. And that's a common theme in the history of metal, to use the darkness to find the light no matter how dim. The compilation, Dark Nights, Death Metal, out now on June 18th with a whole bunch of artists that we love, including Chelsea Wolfe and Mastodon and so many others. Okay, Lars, we're also going to talk about one more album in the second half of the show. But first, there's a new solo release from Amethyst Kia out today. She's a singer from Tennessee. She's known for her work in the group Songs of Our Native Daughters with Rhiannon Giddens. Amethyst Kia's new album is called Wary and Strange. Late at night when I feel alone I cry in darkness, screaming to the unknown Cause she's never coming back No, she's never coming back Body and water for days and days Hopes for a safe return, my hopes in vain Cause she's never coming back No, she's never coming back When I was 17 I pretended not to care Stayed up for years to escape despair When you're so This is Amethyst Kia, the singer Amethyst Kia. Her new album is called Wary and Strange. The song we're hearing from it is called Wild Turkey. And back to talk about this one is WNXP's Julie Height. Hey, Julie. Hey, Robin. As I said, many people know Amethyst Kia for her work with the group Songs of Our Native Daughters. And this is her debut solo album for Rounder Records. It's her first album to really get kind of a national release. And more importantly, it is the first time that she's brought together these disparate parts of her stylistic leanings and artistic sensibilities, you know, because yeah. she's really skilled in old time music and country blues and Piedmont blues and folk forms. And then she also came up 
on angsty alternative rock, alternative metal, and singer-songwriters doing more out there sort of left of center things. Yeah. So she holds both of those worlds of music dear and has studied them and absorbed them. And this is the time when she has brought all of that together on one album, which is phenomenal to hear. Yeah, I mean, she takes something like the blues, a form that's obviously been worked and reworked countless times over many decades, and she combines a lot of sounds in these really new and arresting ways, particularly the percussion, but every song has at least one moment where I stopped dead in my tracks and just thought, what is she doing here? I mean, she worked with producer Tony Berg on this, and he brought in some great players who are very adventurous and inventive. And I think actually the rhythm section, a lot of what they did made me think of dub or reggae, mm, you yeah. know, like almost yeah. like a deconstructed dub sort of groove. But I found it really interesting when I interviewed her for a New York Times feature. She told me that she had given Tony Berg a couple of literary references for the sound she wanted. One was Southern Gothic and the other was magical realism, mm. which sort of, you know, get at that idea of at the center of it, there is this earthy, tangible, familiar form. And then she wanted to dress it in something that is going to be really surprising and to amplify the mm. emotional tones and that kind of thing. And also her voice, I think, is another reason for that. You know, it is, it's just so sturdy, right? It just, her voice just feels immovable, but, you know, not hard. It's also just, of course, very beautiful. You know, when you hear her sing in the lower part of her range, it feels like she's summoning things from a deep place and doing it in this really meaningful and controlled way. But I think, too, on this album, you also hear her sing in her upper range in ways that are vulnerable and reedy. And I think she is really thoughtful about when she uses one approach or another to articulate the stuff on wary and strange in this way and make it feel very wary and very strange. Amethyst Kia is the artist. Her beautiful new album is called Wary and Strange. Thanks so much, Julie. You're so welcome. We still have a few more albums that we want to play for this week's show, plus a quick rundown of some other notable releases out on June 18th. But first, we need to take a short break. This message comes from our 2021 lead sponsor of NPR Music, State Farm. To celebrate their surprisingly great rates, State Farm invites you to discover the surprisingly great genre, Lowercase. Definitely unlike anything you've ever heard before, Lowercase music is created from remixing ambient sounds like crumpling paper and smashing light bulbs. Give it one listen and you'll never look at paper the same way ever again. Now that you've discovered Lowercase, take a minute to discover State Farm's surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Director of Sustainability, Mandy McKay, details one of the ways they are taking sustainability to heart as an operational philosophy. We have the largest solar installation in craft beer right now. Um, and that started back in 2007. And that coupled with a couple other on-site technologies, we're generating about 90% of our own power on-site at the Chico Brewery. Learn more by visiting sierranevada.com. Must be 21 or older. Please drink responsibly. 
It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton, and we're doing a quick rundown of the best albums out now on June 18th. We start the second half of the show off with the singer Ambar Lucid. Her debut major label release is called Get Lost in the Music. I'm just trying to get your attention. This is Ambar Lucid. Her new record is called Get Lost in the Music, and the song we're hearing from it is called The Door. And Radio Milwaukee's Tariq Moody back to talk about this one. Hey, Tariq. Hey, Robin. Hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you. Let's start with who Ambar Lucid is. I, as I said, this is her major label debut. She signed with 300 Entertainment for this one, but probably new to a lot of people. So I've been listening to her for a while since her 2019 debut, Dreaming Lucid, and in 2020's Garden of Lucid, kind of more of a ballady indie rockish feel and now on this project you hear her evolving into a pop star in the waiting or in the wings i guess you would say you can definitely see her setting herself up as a major pop star well this is an ep it's only five cuts but the amount of ground that she covers in that short time is just remarkable no two songs are alike yeah that's the one thing i noticed i'm like wow she is showing her versatility she has an amazing voice. I didn't realize that like the first stuff I was listening to her, she was very soft and just a beautiful voice. Then on, on this EP, there's a couple of tracks like The Door and Get Lost in the Music that you can tell she has some pipes on her. Yeah. And she has some wisdom for a 20-year-old. She, has, she sounds like she's an old spirit as well. And she gets really trippy and very existential. As well, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's very much what she's called a, a conscious spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, reading that when she heard Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, it was a game changer for her. You know, she <laughs> said that it showed her what an album could be. It really opened her mind to that whole world. And it, you can hear that sort of psychedelic cosmic sound creep up that, in this record. Definitely for sure. And then like Get Lost in the Music, the title track, you hear this 60s retro vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and then on Lizard, it's just this grimy pop with hip-hop production. But her story is really amazing. So again, she has a a Mexican father and a Dominican mother, but when she was young, she had to face her father's deportation. And then there was a documentary that narrates the reunion between her and her father. Well, this record is very much a calling card, I think. It's it's her, like you said, showing her range. It's pretty vast in such a short record and very excited to see what she's going to do next. Ambar Lucid is the artist, and that first name is spelled A-M-B-A-R, Ambar Lucid. Her new record is called Get Lost in the Music. Thanks so much, Tariq. Thank you, Robin. 
And from Enbar Lucid, let's go next to the soul singer Donnie. He put out a landmark album called The Colored Section that's now celebrating its 20th anniversary with a new deluxe edition. This is Donnie, the singer Donnie. The album is called The Colored Section. This is the 20th anniversary edition of the album. And the song we're hearing from it is called Beautiful Me. WXPN's John Morrison joins us to talk about this album and why it's so important 20 years later. Hey, John. Hey, what's up, Robin? I guess we can start by saying that The Colored Section is one of those albums that was really critically acclaimed when it first came out and very influential for a lot of other artists, Mm -hmm. but it never really found a huge audience. Yeah, the colored section is interesting because it originally came out in 2002, and this was at the height of the so-called neo-soul movement, this exciting renaissance that was happening in R&B and Black music. And this album was kind of like a sleeper when compared to some of its more popular contemporaries. I'm thinking D'Angelo's Voodoo came came out around this time. You know, Who Is Jill Scott? Erica Badu's Mama's Gun, all of those records. But the colored section kind of flew under the radar. There were a few folks who knew about it, folks who were into this music. And like you said, the critics really embraced it. But yeah, it wasn't a huge record when it came out. Donnie said in an interview with NPR when the record first came out that, you know, he wanted it to celebrate Black Americans and how far Black Americans have come. But to also raise an alarm, of course, over how much more America still needed to grow and get better. And when you listen to this record now, it's impossible to not imagine how easily it could have just come out now. Yeah, it's it's very timely. And even the approach is very timely. At the time when this record was released, it was not too far after 9-11 And, you know, it's it's an overtly political album. And if folks remember, you know, around that time, it was hard to put any kind of real critique of America into, you know, the music. A lot of art that was coming out around that time that was political was being deemed anti-American. But on this record, Donnie is talking a lot about race and how racism forms the fabric of this country. And it was a really brave record to release at the time. It very much has the energy and and the spirit of a lot of the music that we hear today. Yeah, and it is unambiguous. It is a very pointed record. (laughs) Absolutely. When I I interviewed him about this record last week, and I I wanted to ask him if he felt kind of hesitant about releasing a record that was this political around that time. And he said no. Like he he laughed at the idea of that. 
he told me that because he had come out of the church, I'm paraphrasing, but because he had come out of the church, he felt that the music was coming from a higher calling or a higher sense of purpose. So he didn't feel any personal fear with kind of going against the grain politically with the subject matter. From Donnie, the album, the 20th anniversary edition of The Colored Section, out now on June 18th. Thanks so much, John. Thank you, Robin. All right, up next on our list of the best albums out now on June 18th is that one I mentioned by Mickey Blanco. It's called Broken Hearts and Beauty Sleep. This is Mickey Blanco. The album is called Broken Hearts and Beauty Sleep. The song we're hearing from it is called Free Ride. And Christina Lee, we come back to you for this one. Mickey Blanco is a, a rapper and a singer and songwriter, a performance artist. And they have such a huge, just this technicolor personality that really shines across this whole record. You know, that technicolor personality, I think, has always been true of Mickey. It's the reason why Kathleen Hanna and the likes of Madonna have been eager to collaborate with them. But this is such a drastic change of sound from Mickey Blanco that I'm still glad that the music is as bold as can ever be. I think before, the sound was much more abrasive and the aesthetic was much more goth. But this time around, there are some bona fide pop songs. It's a big, hot mess of a record, right? I mean, you know, it is so defiant, like chin up party music for people who just have zero shits to give, you know, and it's funny, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That part in Fuck Your Choices, where basically they're like, give me back my SIM card to that gold digger of an <laughs> yeah. X. The fact that that was the first thing they thought of was just genius. But yeah, absolutely. Um, when we're talking about like pop songs, there's certainly like modern pop songs, but the, even there's like a little bit of an orchestral pop flourish here and there. And that was basically the moment where I was just sort of like, okay, we're still looking at Mickey Blanco here because I think they've always sort of pulled from these disparate influences to make something cohesive. Mickey Blanco is the artist and that's spelled M-Y-K-K-I is the first name and B-L-A-N-C-O is the last name. Mickey Blanco, the album Broken Hearts and Beauty Sleep. Thanks so much, Christina. Thanks for having me. We have one more album that we want to play for this week's New Music Friday, but as always, there are a handful of other notable releases out now on June 18th that I want to mention. Starting with Angelique Kidjo, her new album out today is called Mother Nature. 
Bob Boylan recently played a cut from it on the Tuesday episode of All Songs Considered, and he spoke with her about the record. Angelique Kidjo, the album is called Mother Nature. Azure Ray is back with their first new album in more than 10 years. It's called Remedy. This is Orinda Fink and Maria Taylor. Bob also played a cut from it on the Tuesday show. That was just earlier this week. Azure Ray, the album is called Remedy. The singer Joan Armitrading is back with a new one today called Consequences. There's a beautiful new instrumental album from the Polish pianist Hania Rani out now. It's called Music for Theater and Film. It's a collection of pieces that she's written over the years for various projects. Again, it's called Music for Theater and Film. And Francis Lung, the UK artist Francis Lung, has this nice jingly pop record with really sweet harmonies. It's called Miracle. All that music out now on June 18th, along with this last one that we want to play. It's from a guitarist and singer from Oakland, California. Her debut solo album is called Sharing is Caring. This is Cher Strawberry, and that last name is spelled S-T-R-A-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Cher Strawberry. The album is called Sharing is Caring, and Sharing in this case is spelled C-H-E-R-I-N-G, like her first name, Sharing is Caring. The song we're hearing from this record is called Swish and Spit. And NPR Music's Lars Gottrich, we go back to you to talk about this one. Cher Strawberry was a, a discovery for me this week, and probably is for a lot of other people. I was trying to think of a concise way to sum up her life up to this point, but there's just so much. She was new to me too, Robin. You brought this record to me and I kind of fell in love with its extremely lo-fi charm. Yeah. Just a tiny bit of backstory. Shara Strawberry grew up in the punk and skater scenes, started winning skating championships when she was 12, started playing in bands. And in the last few years, Cher Strawberry came out as trans very publicly on Instagram, and she has shared her journey in real time. And as it is often said, representation is everything. And ever since she came out, more young trans teens who are into punk, who are into skating, have seen not a role model because that so, has so much baggage, but the idea is to actually see someone be messy, mm-hmm. to see them triumph, and to see them work through the changes that are going on in their life. And this album is such an interesting piece of that because these recordings were all done on a Walkman and a mini tape recorder. And they have that extremely lo-fi quality. They sound like Olympia bands from the early 90s when they were just recording on four tracks or Beck's first album on Kate Records or Cher Strawberry's voice actually reminds me of Scott Spillane from The Gerbils, that high-pitched nasal sound. 
I'm glad you mentioned Scott Spillane and the Gerbils because that band is part of the Elephant Six Collective. And this album from Cher Strawberry reminded me a lot of those early Elephant Six Collective recordings, you know, very ramshackle, but just bursting with all this color and life and kind of fearless joy, you know, not afraid to just put it all out there and not worry about whether or not you're getting the most pristine recording. That's punk Robin. (laughs) Share Strawberry is the artist. The album is called Sharing is Caring. Thanks, Lars. Thanks, Robin. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. As always, if you want to hear full versions of the songs we played on this episode, along with a whole bunch of other singles that came out this week, check out NPR's expanded New Music Friday playlists in Apple Music, Spotify, and on our website at npr.org slash allsongs. We'll let you know when we have new music to hear, new Tiny Desk concerts, and a whole bunch more with our weekly newsletter. Sign up for it at npr.org slash musicnewsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. Music